At one time, this rich young man came up to Jesus. And he said to him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This man was not trying to trick Jesus. You know, sometimes people ask these questions, they're trying to trick Jesus. This man was not. He was serious. He was genuine. He cared about the things of God and believed that there was a heaven, there was eternal life. He wanted to go there, right? He said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There is no one who is good except God only. What seems weird about that question from Jesus? Jesus is God, right? Why did Jesus ask the man that question? Did he wanted to under he wanted to show the man something? What did the man think about Jesus? Did he think Jesus was God? No, he doesn't. He doesn't think Jesus is God. So he thinks Jesus is just a man, just a teacher. Okay, he thinks he's got information from God. He thinks he's got some valuable insights and teachings, but he doesn't know that Jesus is God. So Jesus is saying, "Why are you calling me good?" Now, if the man had believed that Jesus was God, he could have responded to what Jesus said by saying, well, yeah, Jesus, but you are God, so you are good. But he doesn't know that. He doesn't believe that. And, and so he's calling Jesus good, even though Jesus is just a human being, right? Or, sorry, even though he thinks Jesus is just a human being, an ordinary human being. So Jesus is saying, well, you know, the Old Testament says that there is no one who is good. That's a quote. When Jesus said that no one is good except God, he's quoting the Bible. A lot of people think that. If you asked a lot of people, if you went out on the street, I've seen a video of a guy who did this, and on the street, he was asking people, if, if, if you died tonight, where, would you, where do you think you would go, heaven or hell? And most people say, heaven. And when he asks them why, they say, well, I think I've been a pretty good person. That's what most people think. And they need to know that they haven't been. The Bible says, no, you haven't. To everyone, it says you haven't been a good person. You're not good. No one is good. And that's why Jesus says this to this man. This man came to Jesus, and there are two things that he loves more than anything. One, as we're going to see in a little bit, is his riches. Remember, we're told he was the rich young man. The second is his own righteousness or his goodness. He thinks he... He thinks that he can get to eternal life by the things that he does. You could tell that from the question he asked Jesus. What good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Yeah. Right? Jesus knows that there is nothing that a human being can do to inherit eternal life. But he needs to show the man this. And so Jesus asks his question to reveal that to this man. But Jesus then asks, him something else. He says, well, what are the commandments? You know, have you kept them? And he lists, he lists a bunch of them off, like, but he only lists ones from the second part of the commandments. Remember, with the Ten Commandments, there are two parts. The first part is about loving God. Uh. You shall have no other gods. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The second part of the commandments are about loving other people, loving your neighbor. And those go like this, and this is what Jesus says to him. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. 
And then he goes back to the fourth one, honor your father and your mother. He actually skips the last one, or the last two, depending on how you number them, which go, you shall not covet. He just doesn't mention those ones, which is interesting. But I think he's going to come So the man says to Jesus, all these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Now, it's incredible that this man could sit there with a straight face and say to Jesus, I've kept all these commandments my entire life. No one has kept those commandments their entire life. But this man doesn't understand the full depth and demands of the law. He thinks that keeping the fifth commandment where it says you shall not murder just means like don't kill anybody like stabby stabby. As mom would say. He thinks that not committing adultery means just like not stealing someone else's wife. He thinks that not stealing just means like not taking anything from anybody. What he doesn't understand is what really the ninth and tenth commandment talk about and the first commandment. The first commandment and the ninth and tenth commandments are kind of mirrors of each other. When it says fear that you should have no gods except God only, and fear and love and trust in him of all things, that's the first. The ninth and tenth say you shall not covet. Well, coveting comes in many forms. Coveting is wanting things that you cannot or should not have. And that applies to a bunch of the other commandments. Like the fifth commandment. Remember who was the first person to kill somebody else? Who was the first person that murdered someone? He murdered his brother. Cain killed Abel. Why did Cain kill Abel? He was, he was angry and jealous. That's coveting. Sometimes when people kill other people, like there are examples of this in the Bible and in lots of times, and like sometimes uh, people who like who are detectives who try to solve a murder, a lot of times if like a woman is dead or something, one of the first people that they look into and check out is the woman's husband, or or if there was like some kind of like lover besides her husband. And they check into that because they know that sometimes people get really like angry and jealous because of things like that. And coveting comes from that too. Coveting comes from this in the sixth commandment. Jesus said it's not only breaking the sixth commandment to actually take someone else's wife, but to want to take someone else's wife. Or to want to take someone as if they were your wife who is not your wife or husband if you're a girl. And the seventh commandment is not only stealing if you actually take something that is someone else's, it's also stealing if you want to take something that is someone else's. If you look over at something somebody else got and you're angry because you didn't get it, like let's say that I gave Samara two cupcakes and Anastasia one cupcake and Anastasia was angry. That's coveting. Coveting goes, that's not fair, I didn't get what I wanted. That's sinfulness every time. And we have that desire about so many things. We have coveting about lots of things. Well, Jesus didn't mention that one yet. So the man said, I've kept all these from my youth. Because he didn't realize that coveting had a part to do with each one of them. But then he said, what do I still lack? See, I think he understood that this, he was missing something. He still, he still didn't feel like things were right with God. He probably still felt guilty, but maybe he didn't know why. Because people hadn't taught him the law correctly. So Jesus said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me and you will have treasures 
in heaven. Jesus has done a couple of things all at once. It's a brilliant example of preaching and calling this man to repent and believe. First of all, Jesus has called the man to do something which the man cannot do. He can't do it. Because remember, we said that this man loves his riches and his righteousness more than anything. Jesus has told him to leave all his riches behind and to leave all his righteousness behind in order to follow Jesus. Following Jesus means leaving all of our righteousness behind. It means saying, I am nothing and I have nothing and my works are worth nothing and I haven't kept the commandments and I can't be good and Jesus is my savior. And it means leaving everything in this world behind and saying, none of this is anything compared to Jesus and if he calls me to leave it, I'll leave it all behind. Did he do it? Did he, he, the man did not do it. Notice something else, though. Jesus also called this man with a gospel call. This is the same call Jesus had given to the disciples, wasn't it? He told the disciples, come follow me. And they left everything and followed Jesus. This man did not. He went away sad, it says, because he had great possessions. In other words, it says he went away sad with all of his riches. He used to love his riches. Now he's sad because of his riches. Because now his riches remind him that he hasn't kept God's commandments. Jesus has shown this man... He has shown this man that he neither loves God above all things, because he loves his riches more than God, because he chose his riches over God, nor does he love his neighbor as himself, because he loved his riches more than the poor people that Jesus told him to give his possessions to. And he covets. That's love, love for his riches. That's his covetousness. His riches are his God. And that shows him that he is not righteous. It shows him that he is not good. It shows him that he cannot earn eternal life. Now, we never find out anything more about this man, but certainly the hope is that eventually this sadness about his own riches and righteousness will cause him to repent. And later, maybe he will come to believe in Jesus because Jesus offered him something far better than his riches or his righteousness. He said, you can come follow me and have riches in heaven. He offered him salvation and eternal life. So Jesus also calls us. He calls us to turn away from everything that we might love more than him to turn away from trusting in ourselves or our own possessions or our own works and to follow him.